Okay, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Innovations in Education, eSchool News' podcast on the latest and greatest happenings in K-12 EdTech this week. I'm Kevin Hogan, and I'm glad you found us. This week, we take a look at the good and bad when it comes to instructional strategies concerning STEM subjects, science, technology, engineering, and math, for all of you that don't know the acronym. It's never really been an easy lift for schools to deal with these subjects, and it's never been as important as it is right now to prepare this generation to enter the workforce using the knowledge they get from this instruction. So let's dig in and see what we can do about it. First off, Alex Yelenovich, he's the co-founder and CMO for CodeGym, identifies some of the top issues facing American education when it comes to science. It's not a pretty picture. He writes, according to CSTA reports, a little over half of U.S. high schools offer a single computer science course, a fundamental subject critical to the nation's economic and security health. Modest yet significant growth is being observed. In 2018, this index was 35%. Right now, he says the number is 53. So it's, it's going up. Some schools' computer science education programs are shrinking due to budget issues. School administrators do not see computer science education as a necessary skill for teaching students. Minnesota and Louisiana have the fewest number of students who attend schools that offer foundational computer science courses. What's the problem? Alex says it's a lack of resources. He writes, 35% of teachers said they didn't have the materials, supplies, equipment, and space needed to teach computer science. There is no single program, no resource requirements. In general, to program in Python or Java, a computer is enough. Sometimes internet access would not hurt either. However, it will be much more convenient for students to learn program with the help of specialized software in convenient, integrated, development environments with online materials and so on. Finding all this in schools can be challenging. So what's another issue? A lack of teacher subject knowledge and a lack of funded teacher training. He writes, about three quarters of teachers said they took at least one computer course during their undergraduate studies. Well, only 30% of high school teachers have a degree in computer and engineering science and 6% have an additional education in computer science. Even more, the IT industry is constantly evolving, and sometimes the knowledge that college instructors receive simply loses relevance. So what's the solution? Unfortunately, that's left for another article. But this list at least gives administrators a to-do list. Be sure to check it out under the title, What Computer Science Education is Lacking. It's up on the homepage at eSchool News in the top story section. Next, Laurie Asion, editorial director for eSchool News, writes that STEM learning can be challenging, but educational robotics can offer students an opportunity for hands-on, guided, problem-solving learning experiences. Here's an excerpt of what she writes. When students become interested in STEM at a young age, their critical thinking, collaboration, creativity, and communication skills have a chance to thrive. Sustaining that interest is important, too, particularly because girls and underrepresented minority groups quickly lose interest in STEM learning and never regain motivation to pursue it. Because STEM is not a standalone core academic subject, 
it's implemented differently all over the country. Ultimately, through STEM learning, students should have the opportunity to authentically apply their learning to solve real-world problems. She goes on, educational robotics bridges that gap between rigid lessons and lessons that are too unstructured to motivate students. Robotics leans heavily into the idea of guided problem solving, the idea that students have enough structure to understand their challenge or task, but enough space to explore different solutions. Teachers ensure students have the background knowledge to begin the challenge, and they set expectations for what success looks like. As students move through a challenge and the problem-solving process, teachers can take away some scaffolding that was in place in earlier stages. Students then can achieve that goal in different ways, trying different approaches and processes. The article goes into a lot of detail about how to actually accomplish this. Be sure to check it out. It's called Why Educational Robotics is a Critical STEM Learning Tool. And it's, again, it's up on the homepage at eSchool News under top stories for this week. Speaking of STEM, I had a recent conversation with Rhonda Howard. She's the CTE coordinator at Dallas Independent School District about the tools she is using to equip her faculty for STEM curriculum. Here's a snippet. We found a need to, to beef up our systems. The software that, that's out there requires a, a, a particular system that has a robust graphics card, that has robust RAM, that has a robust processor. So as, well, let me back up a little bit. I started in this position five years ago. I came in as an IT coordinator. It was like, I, I won't say I didn't have a choice, but, but I didn't because <laughs> I have such a heavy background in IT. I was a campus-based tech at one point. So I know, I know how to break down a computer. I know how to put it back together again. I, I, I can tell the BIOS from the RAM, those kinds of things. So it was kind of a given that I was in this position. And so as I started replacing computer labs, it started initially with the engineering programs because of the AutoCAD that they use It's and Revit, and um, now we're using SolidWorks. And so what I was hearing from, from our teachers is, you know, this is a really nice computer. I won't name the brand, but this is a really nice computer, but it can't really handle the system can't really handle the needs, can't, you know, can't download, there's not enough RAM, there's, the graphics card doesn't, okay, so with that information given to me, um, I went out and looked at each of our engineering programs, because we have aerospace, we have um, urban, urban architecture, we have various levels of engineering, but they all have the same need, meaning they needed a robust robust processor. They needed enough RAM to handle multitasks and they needed a robust graphics card. Some of the models of the computers that I was looking at weren't able to handle that. But my one factor that I saw was, hmm, Lenovo's got this, this, and this. Now, Full disclaimer, I am a personal Lenovo user. I, I happened on Lenovo when another laptop literally fizzed and blew up on me and burnt my leg. <laughs> and so I had to go buy another one. But 
you know, uh, I, I was tinkering, and I think at that time, with the with the Adobe products. So I know I knew already if it can handle the Adobe products, it should be able to handle AutoCAD. It should be able to handle SolidWorks. Should be able to handle Revit and and all of these memory thirsty programs. And Lenovo did not let me down. And so that's that's how the trajectory started with putting the Lenovo products into our into our classrooms. So I started rolling them out with engineering. And then my arts AV teachers who I was supporting at the time were saying, well, such and such teacher got this lab. And I noticed that, and they would share their observations. So then I rolled it out to arts AV because they were needing the same kind of power that the engineering teachers were needing because you know Adobe as as Adobe upgrades um, the demands are are greater and so we had a lot of teachers teaching Premiere and so it it was just an easy it was an easy switch and then my IT teacher said well I want to teach such and such and I really can't teach it on this device but if you give me that same device that so and so has over there so it was an easy rollout too. IT. So now pretty much in our labs, you will find, I would say 80% Lenovo product. You can go up online to eschoolnews.com and go under the webinar tab to hear the full conversation under the title, STEM lessons straight from the classroom. So that about wraps it up for this episode. Be sure to check back on eschoolnews.com for all the latest and greatest news and analysis for what's happening in the ed tech space. Remember, eSchool is always free and always helping innovative educators just like you. Until next time, I'm Kevin Hogan for eSchool News.